Welcome to Answers from Antioch. You have joined us at the intersection of God's Word and today's world. This broadcast is brought to you by the Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia. Join us as we examine information that impacts the church, the Christian, and the Christian home. Hello, everyone. Thanks so very much for tuning in today. I'm honored to be your guest. What a blessing to be together. A couple of things that we want to take a look at today. I think it's important that we look through the lens of the Bible and see what is unique to these two items I'm going to mention and get the right perspective on it. And first of all is the amendment that is going to be voted on to the Tennessee Constitution. Uh, there's an amendment that's out there when you get to the voting booth that wants you to vote that the Constitution of the state of Tennessee be amended. And in my opinion, the amendment is not needed. We don't want to mess with the Constitution of the state of Tennessee because the Constitution is a good Constitution, doesn't need an amendment. And something that can be handled by a law instead of an amendment needs to be handled by law. Laws can be changed. Laws can be uh, tweaked and uh, made in a different manner as we go along. But amendments cannot be. And if you look at the amendment there, and I've read quite a bit about it and reading it and reading uh, some of the things about it, uh, I agree that everybody has the right to work. Matter of fact, we got the command to work. The Lord tells the first man in the Garden of Eden, Adam was told that about the sweat of his face by work, he would feed himself and his family. So we have the command to work. But we also have the command to love one another. There's a command in the Bible that bosses, and those in authority, those as business owners, are to treat the people that work for them with the utmost respect because they should remember that they have a boss in heaven who they'll stand before one day on how they treat others. So CEOs and business owners and bosses should certainly be reminded that they have a boss in heaven that they'll stand before a holy God one day and give an account on how they treat those who work for them or those who want to work for them. And uh, they're commanded to do this. And then at the same time, the workers are commanded to work as if they're working for God and do all things for the glory of God, both if you're a boss, a CEO, or whomever you may be, or if you're the employee and you're working for another, uh, then we're to do our best and do all for the glory of God. So we have the commandment to work. We have the commandment to love each other. And those two are commandments, by the way. Number one, to love God first. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then to love our neighbor. And I've got more to say about loving our neighbor in a moment. That's the second thing I'm going to mention. But my opinion about the amendment that's uh, proposed for the Constitution of the state of Tennessee, my opinion is we don't need an amendment. We need law. If the law is necessary, it can be put into place, but not an amendment. Amendments are hard to get rid of, hard to change, and that's my opinion. You've got your opinion. That's fine, but I'm telling you, looking at it scripturally, biblically, uh, I feel more leaning toward the fact that we don't need the amendment. We can handle that in other ways. 
Now, I did mention the scripture there, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like unto these, Jesus said, Love thy neighbor as thyself, greatest commandment. And Governor Newsom out there in California took that last portion, not, not the portion that says love God first. The greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. No, he took the one where it says love your neighbor, and loving your neighbor is what you should do, and that's the reason we should have abortion, is we love our neighbor. So he's quoting the Bible. Now, his kin, Nancy Pelosi, uh, are, by the way, they're related. Pelosi used the scriptures, or tried to, on how it's just a sin not to have abortion. It's a sin to tell a woman this, that, and the other. It's a sin, and she wanted to use the Bible for that. There have been others. Senator from Georgia there uh, talked about how the woman should talk to God about what God says about her choice, and God has given us choices to make and the ability to make choices. And so when we make sinful choices, it's all right, as long as you talk to God about it. And that's what he implies, Senator uh, there in Georgia. He quoted the scripture, and by the way, he's a pastor, and he's so terribly wrong. But there's a common denominator among all three of these. Governor Newsom, Nancy Pelosi, Senator out of Georgia there. Common denominator is they quoted the scripture. And uh, when they quoted the scripture... They did several things. Number one, they identified Christianity as unique and also uniquely good. Of all the possible moral authorities that all of these ones could appeal to, uh, of all of them, Newsom and Pelosi and the senator out of Georgia, of all of them that they could appeal to, uh, these abortion advocates have chosen to appeal to the Bible. Now, why? Perhaps they're motivated by a desire to undermine pro-lifers because pro-lifers refer to the Bible. Perhaps it's due to their own upbringing. Maybe back in their history, they realized that uh, Christianity is the greatest moral teacher of any, and uh, perhaps that's it. But in any event... And we certainly believe that they do not believe. It's clearly evident to me, even though the senator in Georgia is a, uh, is a pastor, it's evident to me he does not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior. It's evident that neither Newsom nor Pelosi have trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior. They don't see that at all. Uh, they clearly do not believe in the God of the Bible as you and I know the God of the Bible. They don't believe in the gospel of salvation through his son. And uh, these folks and these pro-abortionists, in my opinion, are servants of the evil one. But they do acknowledge the Bible as the supreme moral authority. So in their desire to try to prove that abortion is biblically correct, in one way they are acknowledging the Bible as the supreme moral authority. And not notice they didn't quote Mohammed or Buddha or Confucius or any of the voodoo folks, the Shinto or others. No, they didn't quote any of these. They quoted the Bible because they know the Bible is the highest ideal of morality. And 
when, with that done, friend, it reminds us also there is a difference between what is morally correct and what the laws are about is morally and what is Christian correct, what Christ would do and would say. Uh, there's many arguments you could come up with. And by the way, laws, you must understand this too, laws are about morality. They wouldn't want you to say that or think that, but they are. Uh, God expressly intended unbelievers to admire the moral purity of the Scriptures. Uh, he told Israel uh, and through Moses that uh, they are to obey all the statutes. They're to obey the law. They're to obey the moral teachings of the law. And uh, we know that abortion breaks the law of thou shalt not kill. It breaks that law. It just purposely does. So when they quote the Bible, they're actually quoting the law of God, but they don't want to adhere to that law. So uh, there's many more things we could say here in this but suffice it to say this, they're proving the reality of God's Word by even them wanting to take God's Word and twist it to support abortion. Well, I see my time has slipped away. Join us in tomorrow's program. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. We encourage you to visit our website at antiochbristol.com. There you will find many ways to contact us and connect with us, and so much more. Until next time, stand firm in Jesus' truth.